0: One, one uh, somebody else recording now, one uh, additional thing that uh, you'll find with the club kits too is that quite often, uh, even after they're not available uh, anymore to buy, the kit information is still available so that you can duplicate the things. Uh, and that's always a fun thing to do. I've done a number of them over the years myself. So that's enough blabbing for a while. George has got a recording set up, so I may pass it back to him and uh, get the ball rolling. Go ahead, George.
1: Okay, Joe, thanks very much. That's a good way to start it off uh, with Arduino-based stuff. I'll be interested in, in hearing what specific projects that people have going with Arduino kits. You might recall, and it's only through Recollection, not through a webpage that I didn't yet set up, last week's discussion where we were talking about Arduino based stuff and Arduino designs and so on. And these are, there's kind of an up and coming uh, swell, groundswell of uh, uh, swell Arduino kits uh, and Arduino projects. The AWRL is starting to focus on it a lot. Uh, Joe and I have kind of committed to be focusing some of our design attention on Arduino. Uh, we each have maybe two different Arduino projects on our respective benches. So you're going to hear more about these things. And the language that Joe mentioned, it's a quasi-C, is really quite uh, quite easy to use. Um, and um, I think it's easy to pick up to do what they call sketches, these software programs that run on Arduino. And um, um, we are starting to see some of them uh, in the market. So um, why don't we get started? And to give you an idea of how we're going to do this round robin, if you look at your screen, uh, it's arranged alphabetically. We're going to start at the top and work down toward the bottom. So at Bob K2UT, as I'm finishing up here, you can maybe get yourself, uh, um, get, get some thoughts together and uh, be ready to hop in there. Again, the topic is, you know, like what kits have you recently purchased and or built and or have problems with or want to ask questions about? And we're gonna do this as a quick round robin. So just kind of mention the kit and we'll move on. And then we'll come down, and we'll come back and drill down on these. We're keeping a list. As you see, I've started the list on the uh, text uh, screen. And, uh, and then we can kind of come down and um, uh, address the questions. So uh, Bob K2UT, what's, uh, what's on your recently on your bench or what would you like to be on your bench or in your Christmas stocking? Uh Bob, we're not hearing you. you. You see your light coming on a couple of times. Or did you check yourself with audio before?
2: No, not working. It
1: looks like uh it's coming on and going immediately off. Um I wouldn't have the slightest idea what that is. So give that a give that a check. We'll come back to you. Um it looks like uh Chris, can you uh while recording can you also uh can you also uh mention what kits are on
3: your head list go ahead yeah all right george hi to all in the group well i'm going to limit it i do lots of kit building and and i always have a project on the bench um i think people would be interested in the uh australian uh sdr kit the genesis g59 i also have a bunch of arduino projects um they are um, I built a uh, a Wi-Fi radio project with a using a router, and that was an interesting project. And I rewrote the um, the script or the uh, sketch so to speak uh to actually use the Arduino. The other one used the uh the standard um o native C language that uh um is also available for the Arduino. Uh and then finally uh I have a uh, I'm working on an SDR 5 watt amplifier. From hF projects and a filter kit that I just picked up, the amplifier is somewhat built and the filter kits aroma filter kit's almost done. i'm just doing the final touches to it and'm going to put it into a case and uh, that's what I'm going to be using for my uh, SDr cube, so you might be interested in that so that's it for now. So back over to you, George
1: outstanding Bob that or uh, Chris, that is great news. Really glad to hear about that. Uh... Uh, the filter kit uh, in the five watt amp. Um, I have questions, but I'll hold them until they come back. Okay, it's on the list, as you see. So um, next on the list is Dave, 87JT, author of the most recent version software update for the new PSK modem, both the CW mode software and the keyer mode software. Dave, what's on your hit list?
2: user disconnected from your channel yeah,
4: and
1: and for the previous two releases anyway um
4: currently i'm sitting around trying to find bugs in the 5.01 release um i'm pretty much tied up with firmware so i haven't been doing too much with the uh, new kits i have several uh, several kits i'm working on and trying to get to um but probably won't get there for a while what are what they are, dave they? Well, there's the penny whistle thing that we've talked about. I've just started to populate the box, but that's about as far as I've gotten. Um, another thing I'm very interested in is I've been amazed at how 10 meters has come alive recently. So I've been designing a, a new antenna for 10 meters. I, I live in a, a severely uh, HOA restricted area. The uh, bylaws essentially say absolutely no amateur radio antennas allowed, period. Uh, I've managed to get up a 20 meter vertical that nobody has seen for four years. And now I'm working on a 10 meter. It's probably going to have to be a vertical also. Uh, see if I can get some of that. But uh, 10 meters has just exploded. I don't know if any, any of you guys haven't. Have tried it but it's unbelievable what's going on at 10 meters. I can't believe it. Anyway, that's primarily uh, what I've been looking at. Uh, I'm also looking at, of course, 5.01 of of the uh, new PSK modem uh, digital modem firmware, which was supposed to be uh, kind of a maintenance release, but uh, I've discovered a few things and I can't look at anything without adding features, it seems so Anyway, I'm working on that, and,
1: and that's where I'm at, George. Good stuff, Dave, really good stuff. I did not know that uh, 10 meters is really hot now. Let's come back to the topic after we finish making this list. Uh, Dave, AA3UR, Dave, What? Uh, what's a quick listing of the of the kits and projects on your bench? And again, just a quick listing, we'll come back to it uh, after the list is made here. Dave, go ahead.
5: Okay, the uh, primary things I'm working on are not radio-related, unfortunately. Uh, after getting the, the sun married off, uh, now I've got to finish up uh, some tiling, some bathrooms, and things like that. But anyway, uh, the one kit that I would like to get to sometime soon, uh, before it gets to be 10 years old, is an ATS-3. And um, that I'd like to get to, uh, but I'm also playing around with uh, my two HROs. Trying to get the power supplies working in those. Uh, an HROM and an HRO60. So, uh, pretty much that has a busy uh, beyond my abilities. So, there it is.
1: Oh, you and I are going to have some fun talking about HROs. I've got two sitting here. Um, one of them is a 60, and, uh, uh, well, more in a bit. Good stuff, Dave. Thanks. Um, Dave Ottenberg, W A two D J N. Dave, have you got that uh, the hang of yeah, that mouse George, button? Yeah, George. And ahead. the group.
6: Uh, I'm working on. Uh, well, i just finished the Hendrix PFR three uh, transceiver, and uh, QST had a uh, an article about mounting it on a board, which uh, I'm considering doing. But the other thing I'm going to work on is a active audio filter and uh, uh, I'll talk to you maybe later on about it because I'm uh, curious as to the LM386 uh, chip versus a 380 chip uh, for the audio in it. So uh, that's what we're working on here and uh, keeping busy. So uh, take care and we'll turn it back to you. Uh, go ahead George.
1: Fine business, you sound really good, too. And by the way, congratulations on getting the uh, TeamSpeak 3 installed. Um, I won't go through it all, but uh, yes, you and your wife your really town. had a heck of a time with it, and I'm glad you guys persevered and actually got it worked out. That is just super news to hear you here. Um, all right, we'll come back to your items uh, after the list is made. Douglas, uh, double or K-A-2-U-P-W. Doug, what are, uh, what are the... Oh, you have so many going, but what are the ones that are currently on your bench and or that you want to have?
2: Well, uh, are you there, Doug? Hold on. User joined your channel. I have so many kits I'm in the middle of, I don't know where to start.
1: we we'll just rattle them off.
2: I have a
7: uh, Norcal QRP power meter. I'm trying to get to uh, some of the soft rock kits, um, a bunch of old classics from NJQRP, and uh, a bunch of software projects for AMSAT that are in various states of uh, to do.
1: Could you list the ones that are uh, AMSAT related? That that uh, just uh, I'm I'm interested in those.
7: Um, there's a a couple of projects still to analyze telemetry from the AirSat-1 satellite. It's uh, still in orbit, and we're still collecting telemetry, so I've been busy running the telemetry server and haven't had a chance to do a lot of analysis on it. Um, Part of what's what's interesting is that it's uh, slowly spiraling in. It's going to reenter probably in the next couple of months. So there's probably some interesting... Uh, data, as it re-enters, we expect to see some heating effects somewhere that will show up somewhere in the telemetry, and uh, we have to go through and analyze it and see if that's there. Plus, uh, it's not spin-stabilized, it's not magnetically stabilized, so
2: there's uh,
7: probably some interesting stuff to see in the solar panel voltages and currents for uh, which ones are pointed at the sun and uh, what the spin rate looks like. Uh, plus, there's a bunch of projects for the upcoming FOX-1 uh, satellite that uh, is still
2: be- still being built, so there's a lot of stuff still to do for that.
1: All right, I got it. Bye, Gum. Good enough. And uh, when we come back to uh, the topic for NGQRP Classics, um, I'll be interested in to see what you have. Quick story, as uh, as Frank gets his thoughts together for the, being the next up, is um, at a recent NJQRP meeting, uh, Joe and I uh, uh, kind of arranged to have a, uh, Joe, what was it called? A um, uh, bring your kit for trade and sell or something?
0: Yeah, something along those lines. A um, swap vest, I guess you could call it.
1: Yeah, kind of a swap net meeting or a swap uh, a swap fest meeting. So uh a lot of guys brought two, three kits. <clears throat> I brought uh, a box full of it had to be at least twenty to thirty kits. I mean, um I, I follow the the Noah's Ark principle when buying kits, mostly. Sometimes That's often. not me. What's and, today? Hey Don, be careful you're pressing your PTT button. Um so I follow the Noah's Ark um, uh, principle, and I often get two kits of everything just because I need. Uh, I want to be careful if I have spare parts. I want to be ready for spare parts. Or, I don't know what it is. Or we can continue. Uh, uh, I can go off and sell the kit to, to somebody else or give the kits to a kid or something. As a result, I end up with a lot of kits uh, in the back room. Well, I brought that to the, uh, our swap fest meeting and uh, had a good time with it and people were uh, kind of clamoring all over the kits and so on but it's the kind of things that maybe Doug was talking about with the uh, NJQRP classic kits. Okay, speaking of the NJQRP meetings, Frank, N3PUU is a recent newcomer and regular attendee of the NJQRP sessions and uh, Frank, take her away. What what's uh, what do you want to be stuffed in your stocking this uh, this year?
8: Oh, thanks, George. Uh, I, I've been working a lot, obviously, with the Arduino. I spoke a little bit about uh, my projects on the meeting last week. Otherwise, uh, the last kit that I built would have been the Soft Rock Ensemble RXTX, which I built uh, the seventeen, twenty, thirty-meter version, and that uh, has worked very well. That's that's been a lot of fun. Save
9: it for tomorrow. You
8: As As far as, as uh, what I'm looking for, uh, maybe the group has know. some suggestions. I, I, I... I would like to find a uh, small, inexpensive uh, QRP transceiver that I could build and give as a uh, Christmas gift this year. So I'd love to hear some suggestions on that. Uh, back to you, George.
1: All right, uh, Frank. That, that's great. And we'll definitely keep our ears open for that. Um, small, inexpensive uh, transceiver. Did you say CW or sideband?
8: Uh, CW only would be would be ideal for this guy.
1: Ooh, um, one band or multi-band?
8: Uh, I figure one one band would be sufficient. Uh, as for a friend who hasn't been active in probably twenty years, he uh, saw my soft rock. Uh, at Thanksgiving dinner and got a real kick out of it and really wants to get uh, back on CW in in the worst way I figured uh, Putting something small together as a gift for him would would be really great
1: It's that's good. I've uh, got a couple of ideas there for you Don NJ 2 E. Are you listening? I skipped over you by accident. Go ahead. Yeah uh, Hi, this is Don NJ 2 E Am I making it? Yeah, your audio is a little bit scratchy, but that's okay. Go ahead.
10: Okay. Uh, well, I'm just trying to learn this software. I came in at about 10 minutes after the hour, downloaded and hooked everything up. So, uh, skipping over me was not a loss. Uh, well, you know the. Uh, I can't add too much about which ones the. I know this is a rock mite, I guess. Uh, is there a power issue? You know, how much power you want for that
1: 2RP uh, rig? Yeah, I'm guessing that there, there's not a power issue.
10: Well, what I meant was, you know, there's, uh, and I can't think of the name right now It escapes me, the rock mite is one which is uh, a discrete component. It's no SMTs. I can't think of who manufactures that one, but it's a kind of low power thing, and I guess O'Kell does some nice radios too.
1: Alrighty, how about any kits? Did you say that you had any kits on your bench, or recently purchased, or want to purchase?
10: Well, the uh, of course I've got the cube, uh, and I built an amplifier for, it, which I'm I'm at the stage now, it's packaging everything, which is always stymies me. I have many circuit boards laying around, but uh, the Cube uh, amplifier, the boots for that is my current project.
1: All right, that's great. Um, Don, you want to back off of your mic just a little bit. I think that's a little bit of the problem for your audio, but if uh... If you not if you don't speak right into your mic, that that'll help. And also, be careful about uh, when you downloaded your client. Um, you had an opportunity to set up a PTT switch or go and use Vox. You definitely do not want to use Vox. So if you set it up with Vox, you should go back and to the settings, go offline first, go into your settings and change it away from uh, Vox to PTT. But even if you did set it up for PTT, you want to be sure you use an unused or a lesser used key. Um, We heard you breaking through a couple of times with unwanted audio while somebody else is speaking. No big problem. Just trying to help uh, guide you with with setup and usage. And so maybe you want to select the right control key is a great key to use for PTT. So just FYI. Thanks for the items, the rock mic is a good one the SDR cube is an outstanding uh, kit <laughs> and uh, um, I'm glad to hear that you're putting together um, some boots for that we'll come back because I have something to talk about on that too okay um, I'll come back to myself and Joe uh, John N5 Victor Papa um, John what what kind of kits are can you just list off some of your kits that you're that you have on your bench or that are of interest to you right now? Go ahead.
11: Roger, S. John, N5EP here. New to the group. Uh, Not a real kit builder, but I do uh, build electronics. Uh, My interest in ham radio is precision measurement, frequency measurements, and I'm presently using a parallax propeller chip to build a rubidium standard frequency generator. It uh, generates two independent frequencies from subhertz to 40 megahertz. Also has one channel as a counter. Uh, The parallax propeller chip is kind of an interesting thing since it has those eight cogs in it. And uh, software is written in what's called spin and assembly language. And I have built some kits. Uh, the 908 antenna analyzer is one of them, and just recently completed building a six uh, band hex beam, which is now up and running.
1: Oh, right, sounds like you are a busy guy. This is uh, great stuff. Of course, the uh, the and micro 908 antenna analyzer um, um, oh shoot. I didn't write it down, but the, uh, the hex beam, remember that when we come back to you because I'd like to, uh, to chat about that a little bit too. Antennas, I think are, it is probably going to be a topic of next week's session. Um, and it's everybody's favorite, everybody's favorite to be an expert with because who hasn't put up an antenna that, that didn't work like gangbusters. And, uh, um we can all kind of get some ideas and tips and techniques from from uh uh others playing with their antennas uh ken va3kmd go ahead what are you what are the top kits on your hit list that you'd like
12: uh good evening george uh yeah uh, right now i'm uh working on the n2pk vna kit uh using the board from uh ve3 uh i uh ivm i think it's it is his name? Um, it uh, looks like it's going to be very helpful anyway. Uh, and the one uh, I built prior to that uh, was during that uh, problem with the uh, NUEPSK um, version three or six or no, that's three, where it uh, it made the uh, the uh, boat into a brick, and I needed a uh, um, an ICD2. Uh, kit to, uh, to to revitalize it and I got this terrific little kit from AU Electronics uh, In the middle of a postal strike um, That they they sent to me within two days for 40 bucks that uh, Solved all the problems anyway uh, uh, I'm working on the uh, N2PK uh, uh, DNA right now and of course on the micro 9i8 uh, uh, Software
2: anyway back to you. that's great to hear
1: Ken but uh, where are you located I'm in Toronto all right the VA3 threw me off I wasn't sure about that and of course that's why I got you conv- um, um mixed up with uh, uh, the VE3 KDM Ken who is our next one but before I go over to Ken just let me make a uh, a point uh, let me just uh, tickle Dave um, 87 Jt to think about something for a moment. Uh, Dave this morning you wrote to me with a link for a kit um, a programmer kit a pick programmer uh, kit inexpensive and good if you can keep that on the tip of your mind um, I'll come back to you in a little bit maybe you can mention that because uh, I, I got I poop on an order right after that and I think it can be useful by a number of guys okay um let's see uh, larry w2 h h v um, what kits do you have and it doesn't have to be kits by the way guys you know if it's a, if it's a product that you purchased from somebody that's cool too i mean one of the things that i want to list off is my my dream station i think is probably a k3 plus a p3 pan adapter but nonetheless uh, larry what what's what have you got
2: Call in Larry, W2HHV, are you listening?
1: Okay, we'll come back to Larry. looks like he stepped away. Oh, there you are.
13: Okay, uh, can you hear me all right? I can. Uh, Larry, W2HHV.
1: Yeah, Larry, when you stop talking, release the PTT switch, and then we can talk. Okay. Okay.
13: Okay, I think I've got it now. I've got to release the, the, the P. I've got Alt-P set up for, for Push to Talk, but uh, I forgot to release it to hear you. Um, almost all of the kit, all my kit activity has been driven by the uh, mainstream project, which has uh, been going on for a number of years now. It's uh, building the uh, G3XJP, Peters uh PICASTAR DSP-based transceiver. It's quite an evolved project, and I went into this uh, build some years ago uh, with the uh, naive thought that a scope and a signal generator would be adequate test equipment. And uh, that turned out to be non-true. And as a result, uh, I sort of uh, branched off from the mainstream PICASTAR build, which is a mix of uh, Uh, Homebrew, uh, press and peel, uh, etched printed circuit boards and some pre-built PCBs to uh, build homebrewing various uh, instrumentation kits, which consist of uh, like the N3ZI frequency counter, very low cost frequency counter with a lot of capability for the dollar. Uh, Keys SI570 signal generator. And... um, Earlier, I built I built the uh, this SWL uh, uh, 40 meter uh, QRP rig that that's already been mentioned. The one thing I would caution uh, uh, the pur- a purchaser of this uh, kit uh, to be aware that all the parts uh, that come with the kit are the on board parts. You need to add to that the the interface uh, parts, uh, mainly the pots and connectors to interface it to a uh, to a cabinet. The kit that is behind the Picastar for which I have all of the parts, printed circuit boards, integrated circuits, et cetera, is um, uh, Scotty Prohl's uh, MSA, the Modular Spectrum Analyzer. But that is a project unto itself which is uh, as uh, comprehensive in scope as the Picastar transceiver. So I've uh, so far resisted building Many of uh, anything significant on the MSA except for the log detector. I finally got to where I, I needed a decent log detector, so I built the 8307 based uh, slim board uh, for the log detector, and that's it.
1: Whoa, that is, that's a lot, and uh, I'll tell you, my ears, my my uh, my. my my face was smiling from ear to ear when you said the star This has been a long time long running project in my own basement here. Joe, who is a frequenter of my lab, um often sees parts laying all over the place with this picastar and I've got all of the boards, I've got all of the uh, uh, the parts, most of the parts and as you know, just, requires a lot of homebrew construction to put it all together. But I have been following the Picastar stuff for years. And uh, even though I think the SDR radios these days kind of far out distance the quality and uh, capabilities of even a homebrew rig, even in the homebrew category, the Picastar is a special thing in my heart because I kind of started off my homebrewing adventures, my, my heavy-duty ones anyways, with that one, and also, um, uh, did you pick up on the TFTA, the TIFTA displays, uh, as a recent add-on for that, uh, Larry? Uh,
13: yes, I did. The uh, in fact, uh, I actually, as part of the, I think it was the T, they called the TFA central, and this uh, LCD, be it uh, touchscreen or or non-touch, with ancillary along the side uh, push buttons with menu-driven labels. Uh, Splinter project, I actually uh bought the just the screen for the uh, the screen based add-on to Picastar, but that uh that'll have to wait until I get the, if you will, the basic uh square one version of uh of a Star built uh before going to that. And just as an aside, uh as it, a typical evolution on this Picastar mainstream project, uh more recently in the last month, I'm starting to package the various Picastar, uh boards into a cabinet. And I find with the size cabinet I have and, and size of all modules going in it, that the homebrew uh, optic uh, encoder or the uh, frequency slash parameter control is just too big. So I saw on the homebrew uh, Yahoo group. Uh, some very relatively low-cost optic encoders on eBay. So as a side, recently I purchased a uh, 128 uh, pulses per uh, turn optical encoder. It's it's gray it's a gray code, and star's interface is uh, just a pulse and a direction bit. So there's a couple of ICs I've built on a separate uh, scratch breadboard to uh, convert the gray code uh, optical encoder. uh, to the direction-slash-pulse-count interface to to pick a star. And and a reason for for going on this sidebar project was the uh, commercial encoder is a much smaller assembly and fits in the space I have available uh, in my uh, destination enclosure.
1: All right great information that is and I know what you mean about the optical encoders so uh, real fine business there Larry thanks for uh, for sharing that Milt W uh, w8 nuE namesake and main designer of the very uh, very hot very uh, uh, current uh, new PSK modem digital modem Milt uh, what, what's uh, what what is currently on your wish list?
14: Oh, there's no end to all the things I want on the wish list. I just need time. Uh, I spent the last couple of days or day and a half uh, upgrading an old pre-production prototype of the uh, new PSK to add the uh, USB interface and the real-time clock, got that working. Uh, Have STM discovery board I need to set up to play with. I have Arduino... Teensy++, and the Austin QRP group has a little um, proto board that that plugs into, uh, uh, makes it easy to add I.O. to it. I still have my old TI Easy DSP, and I've done a little work with that, but not recently. I'd like to get back to that and do a few things. have a SoftRock Ensemble RX-TX on the way, and I'm going to uh, get that set up. And of course, our our little Austin awesome QRP project that uh, competes a little bit with the SDR to go. We don't. We haven't gone nearly as fancy. I mean, competes with the SDR cube. Excuse me. And the SDR to go board is a, um, uh, in your a, a quick out. and easy way to convert a soft rock into a full-blown uh, transceiver and i have a couple of those operating here and also still contributing some to our digital watt meter project and a few other things i was hoping that case k5bcq would be on here this evening but he apparently got tied up and hasn't be, been able to make it i will get with him tomorrow and remind him again that hopefully he'll get on here next tuesday but uh uh I already have the K3 here. Uh, I guess one of the wish list things would be the uh, pan adapter, and uh, one of the projects we've got going here with the Austin QRP is a um, a graphics display that's driven with an I2C or SPI interface. And that we can easily add to our sdr to go or some other projects. And I'm thinking I might use that as a basis for a the uh, pan adapter for the K3. I'm not sure I want to spring for the um, P3, but um, just too many projects to work on. Go ahead, George.
1: Whew, do you get me busy typing on that one, Milt? I'll tell you, you had a lot of stuff there going on in your bench. My goodness. Um of of gosh, I can't even I don't even know where to begin. But uh we'll we'll come back to yours. Uh the Arduino teensy is is gonna be a, a good topic. I think it's gonna have a lot of legs. Um, again, with all of the interest in uh Arduino that AW that is coming from the ARRL, as well as um some other um Focus groups and and uh, Make Magazine and uh, uh, Adafruit is another focusing uh, um, a focus has a focus on the Arduino. Um, I think uh, even ChainCo or some other vendor also, but that's good. And um, I think we mentioned last week that the I squared C graphics display is going to be that that can be very useful in a number of projects. By the way, I too, I just received, I ordered two uh, digital watt meters from the Austin QRP group. Haven't had a chance to open them up yet, but I'm looking to do that. And I think Joe's gonna give a, give a hand in getting these things built up so we can have them here on our bench. So uh, kudos to you and Case and John for putting those together and, and keeping them going. It's, it's very good. Oh, and Joe just mentioned that Radio Shack is selling some Arduino and Parallax kits. That's amazing. So there you go. Once our once radio Shack has it, uh, who knows where we go from there? Okay, Ray K2ULR. Uh, Ray, what what's your um, what's on your wish list for Christmas? Uh, kits or stocking stuffers or like uh, one of the fancy new Icom uh, twelve thousand dollar radios? Yeah,
15: <laughs> uh, not my too rich for my blood. Uh, N2APB in the group from K2ULR. Um although I am uh, following very closely the uh, uh the buzz on the uh, KX3 um that one is uh <clears throat> as we all know very interesting uh, looking radio and while it won't be uh, around for the holiday season uh, it won't be too much longer um Project-wise, I have a few uh, envelopes here, painted uh, envelopes. One of them uh, I actually brought to the club, and I um, haven't had a chance to uh, work on it yet, but uh, the, I will at one point, and that's a that little uh, Hendrix uh, SOTA tuner. It's an NFED half-wave tuner um, <clears throat> with a TALO uh, SWR indicator built into it, a pretty simple uh, little gadget. Uh but it could be very handy, especially for just uh, tossing a wire into a tree. Uh, back to you, George, uh, and to APB from k 2 ulr
2: That
1: sounds good, Ray. Thanks for uh, thanks for the items there. The KX3 is definitely uh, gotta be on people's hit, um, uh, interest list. Um, a tad expensive, but you get a lot. That you can hold in the palm of your hand so to speak um, and uh, I, I know the feeling from time to time as uh, for example with the SDR cube the more and more I try to stuff in that thing the busier that box gets but uh, uh, that's some of the beauty of some of these projects and our packaging we have some novel packaging you wouldn't believe some of the packaging that the experiments that I'm doing but I, I would enjoy playing with the KX-3. I'm not sure that it, uh, it's in my price range, but it certainly is an interesting uh, interesting project. Um, from Elecraft, by the way, of course. Okay, Rick, K3IND. Rick, how's it going tonight? And real quickly, what's a list of, of your wish list uh, kits uh, that you'd like channel. to see, or, or ham radio products that you'd like to see for Christmas, or maybe what have you recently got that you're pretty pleased with? Go ahead.
16: Well, I'm kind of at the other end of the spectrum in terms of uh, home brewing and kit building. Actually, the last uh, kit that I built of any complexity was a uh, Heath uh, Benton Harbor lunchbox, the old regenerative receiver six meter in a box uh, trans- transceiver, if you want to give it that fine a name. Uh, so I'm really getting back to this at this point and uh, rather than the Arduino I've been working with the uh, pickaxe which is a, a, a much simpler uh, kind of system with uh, uh easier programming capabilities and uh, so I've just been working with projects that contain maybe <clears throat> a dozen components or so uh, in terms of the Christmas wish list uh, like uh, one of the other folks uh, mentioned earlier uh, I have an old uh, Heath SB1400 uh, transceiver uh, which, uh, whose filtering system consists of a switch that essentially is on or off and I would like to have a little more flexibility than that so I went out uh, on the internet and started looking for uh, analog uh, filters, uh, audio filters uh, in kit form and ran across something from the New England QRP club which is a uh, switched capacitive uh, capacitor audio filter uh, kit which they put out uh, which uh, looks like it might do a very nice job, obviously just don't, an inline audio system uh, and the whole shoot and match is a $31 kit so maybe that's within uh, my uh, XYL's Christmas uh, list uh, area uh, but that looks to be
1: uh, my next project Oh, you found a gem. I mean, it's got its limitations, but the SCAF filter, the switch capacitor audio filter, um, is is a really uh, dandy project. I've got one here, and a lot of people have uh, used it over the years very successfully, placed it into QRP rigs because of the low power, low size um, ability for that. Um, Rick, did you say the SB1400? That's right.
16: Uh the uh, one of the first of the, the that wasn't the kit of course that was uh a Yezu uh name plated and uh,
1: sold by heat. Okay, I, I guess I I just wasn't familiar with that number. So um got record it recorded here and that's fine. Yeah, adding uh, adding uh, uh, newer technology to to uh existing um boat anchors is this kind of a an interesting topic all by itself a lot of guys don't want to do it they want to retain the uh the basic capability of of uh um, their uh, their homebrew gem but then others want to add some electronics to it to help it perform where it was originally weak i'm really into boat anchors uh, myself uh, kind of a newfound well in the last three years maybe but a newfound area of the hobby that I that I delved into and really enjoy and I've got a bunch of them here um, over the years Joe has helped me quite a bit be in the uh, the tube aficionado that uh, that he is um, put in a, uh, um, a cue filter audio filter um, TR switch uh power monitoring capabilities, all different kinds of things that you would maybe want to put into it. Uh but uh that's um a scap is a good filter to be playing with. And uh Scott, K two C K, um what's uh what's on your Christmas list and or what, what what cool things do you have on your bench.
17: Hi George and the group and uh thank you for having this uh this conference Hopefully I'm making it okay.
1: Oh yeah, just fine. Go ahead.
17: Okay, excellent. Uh I, I'm gonna I'm a K an L uh, aficionado, I, I do like their equipment and uh you won't go wrong with K three and uh a KX three is definitely uh on the plate uh when they uh when they come out to order. Right now I'm building some test equipment, a uh t- got one of the uh the two tone uh, generators and a directional coupler uh we teach some technician training classes here uh and i want to demonstrate to some of the new hams how to properly set up their their radios for sideband uh like i said we've got a lot of guys who know fm but uh i want to show sure these guys get good signals and help them uh as they move up and upgrade so that's uh about what i've got on the uh the bench right now so back over to you k2ck
1: all right that sounds good scott what, um can you you had mentioned allocraft two-tone Generator, but what else did you mention there?
17: Oh, sorry, it's one of their uh, directional couplers uh, to play around with, uh, with looking at, uh, at least on the EHF, but uh, directional coupler.
1: Okay, got it, good, thank you. Um, Ellicraft has a boatload of good stuff. I, I'll tell you, they a bunch of the Christmas time is just they make a mint relative to the number of sales and, and shippings that they do I mean, it's so so nice. Those are great stocking stuffers, as they fit a lot of their projects fit nicely in pro, in uh, in the stockings. Um, um, I'm looking at the two-tone generator, the, the the more expensive one, only because it's got some capabilities I'm interested in here for the bench. Always look. I'm I'm personally always looking to be upgrading and make my my what I call my test bench here, my RF test bench, a little bit more capable. A truly amateur stuff here. There's nothing professional. But uh, with Joe's guidance and and uh, also that of uh, Yuha, uh OH2NLT, my design partner with the SDR Cube, um, I've been building up my bench to have all sorts of different kind of RF measurement capabilities and test capabilities, whether it's from spectrum analyzer to tone generation to signal generation to RF uh, voltage measurements to just even power supplies, all of these things really kind of if you incrementally keep just kind of add into your benches capabilities, you'll be surprised on how more how much more easily it becomes to be working with these projects, much like last time we talked about. um, The more you build kits, the more you accumulate spare parts. And your junk box gets large pretty quick when you get into a lot of playing around with different kits and that enables you to do some experimentation. Try this resistor instead of that resistor, or of course to replace a resistor that flies away during the construction project of a kit. And you get a you get a chance to kind of expand your shack's capabilities from a build, experiment, measure, and operate standpoint. Kind of things, a way to grow your hobby, if you will. know a way to enjoy the ham radio hobby a little bit more than maybe just sitting down and pressing your the mic button whatever the microphone thing is called or or uh, you know, operate with your your paddle on the air Um, just some ideas Um, Joe we skipped over you but uh, you had mentioned one thing before I'm wondering if you have a list of things that you'd like or maybe some hot measurement projects that are on your branch Um, uh, things that you want to be buying or looking to get at some point in the future. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, George, just a quickie. I think, uh, I think you may have missed Ken VA3KMD. No, it's the other guy. I think the other VA, the E3, uh, checked out. Oh, I forget I said anything. Um, yes, I do have a number of things on the workbench. Um, as we mentioned in a, a previous session, uh, you and I are collaborating on a, uh, it's a combined uh, arduino and RF uh, project um, working name is the simple sweeper which uses a uh, direct digital synthesizer signal generator under control of a, an arduino microcontroller that uh, will generate a signal, a swept signal at a constant amplitude and in, conjun- that, in conjunction with that is a uh, logarithmic detector on the output that uh, whose amplitude is uh, displayed, is shown on a, uh, a, a graphics display. Uh, if you set it up uh, with amplitude being vertical on the display and the corresponding frequency horizontally on the display, you get a uh, almost like a spectrum analyzer display and with a swept signal source internal you get something that you can uh, sweep filters or amplifiers with. Uh, very simple in a small box to have uh, the equivalent of a uh, sweep generator and spectrum analyzer to analyze uh, analog filters. Uh, if you get down to audio, RF filters, RF amplifiers. Uh, if you narrow it enough, uh, crystal filters in addition. But the whole thing is intended to be um, simple, dedicated to that purpose. So, that it doesn't get to be a several thousand dollar project. Probably something with uh, parts cost um, in the range of a hundred dollars or so, but uh, easy enough to build that uh, the average guy could do it. And um, some relatively simple means of calibrating it. So, that you can have a, uh, one of my, my uh, things, one of my precepts is I like to have test code on the bench that I can calibrate so that I know how well it's doing. That one's taken up a fair amount of time. I have number of uh, antenna projects going I've also mentioned. Uh, I have a, a T1 tuner that I want to remote to my backyard so that I can have a wire antenna out there and remotely tune it to uh, other coax. Um, I have the design. I have everything built. I just have to put everything in in a waterproof box to go out in the backyard before the, the weather gets too cold. And... Um, in terms of uh, antennas to, to be used when it's cold, um, I have to put some more flooring in my attic. I have an unfinished attic. I have several loop antennas that I want to, uh, well, I have up there, but I want to be able to use them a little more uh, easily, remotely tuning again so that uh, I have some sort of antenna, even if uh, the winter weather takes the outdoor antennas uh, down. Um, Another project I had mentioned in another session, I have a portable operating desk that uh, has uh, its a storage clipboard from one of the uh, office stores that uh, is, is large enough to sit on your, your lap when you're operating portable and put the little portable radio pieces on so that if you're sitting on a log, you don't have things laying all over the place. But most of the pieces are about the size of a mint tin, uh, including the, uh, uh, the T1 tuner. So what I have inside the case for storage and transit is I have a piece of the uh, soft uh, black foam that I've cut out, um, so that the individual little pieces sit in there and are protected during transit. And then I take them out and put them on top of the case when I'm when I'm uh, operating out in the woods. Uh, in line with that, I, I've been using a, an American Morse paddle. Um, I want to also uh, build a uh, touch gear, and on uh, keeping with that theme. As far as things for Christmas that I want, uh, time, as as Milt mentioned, but uh, I'm putting together a wish list of uh, books, uh, something relatively easy for the family to get, uh, not going to exotic places. And uh, these days I've been going to either PDF books or Kindle books, so that I can carry them around on either uh, a computer or my uh, Samsung Galaxy Tab. So they're easy for uh, easy for reference. Um, one other project that is coming up: build, We build these little uh, individual transmitters and receivers to use them as a transceiver to actually operate the thing. Uh, Jim Corchi, K8IQY, designed a. A magic box TR switch, which was very good. It was a kit sold, still sold by the four-stage QRP group. I have one of those kits, and uh, it's sitting there, and before too long, I'm going to be building that. Um, and meanwhile, in between all the kit building, I'm repairing the test screw that I've got so I can get it working. Back to you, George.
1: Well, boy, you are busier than even I thought. Pretty good stuff, Joe. I I captured most of it there. And uh, um, I was going to mention something about... Oh, yeah, you you mentioned it briefly, and I thought I'd just kind of elaborate on it a bit, is uh, remote tuning of loop antennas. And specifically, uh, not just the midnight loop that we designed together and presented at uh, the Massachusetts QRP convention uh, a year and a half ago, but also the MFJ loop, now I have one of those as well. Characteristic of those, of course, is a very narrow bandwidth, a very, um, a very, uh, uh, a very narrow bandwidth. Um, when you're tuning across the station, across the band, you would uh, hear the stations come in very, very well at one frequency, but you move the tuning off a little bit and this high q antenna would be so narrow in in the bandwidth so high q it would um it, you would not hear the station and you're only a uh few kilohertz away perhaps so one of the inherent challenges of such a such an antenna um among its various you know positive attributes is tuning the thing, such that you can effectively uh, know where you are and know how far you want to go. And there's been various articles um, on how to automate and computerize the tuning of a, a high Q loop in order to overcome some of the the challenges that uh, that I outlined. And I know that you're interested in this. And it was the basis of some of the automated uh, follow-on work for the midnight loop that we designed together. Uh, but that's that's kind of an exciting project. I enjoy the kind as you do where we're kind of uh exploring new principles and and developing some new techniques to do things that might have been done previously in a manual sense or um otherwise uh uh inefficiently and and help out uh, the operation so find business on that now um I th- let's see maybe somebody who's joined us before. Uh, before we went down there, Bob WB6KWT. Bob, you got the gist of what we're talking about here. What What's kind of on your hit list for, uh, for Christmas or what cool projects have recently come to the bench? Just a quick listing of them, and then we'll go back and drill in. Go ahead.
9: Okay, thanks, George. Um...
2: I don't think I'm transmitting, am I?
1: Yes, we can hear you. You went offline briefly, but you're coming through okay.
9: Oh, okay. I thought that little blue ball was going to change colors, but I guess don't. Well, I've been pretty inactive lately. The latest thing I built uh, a couple of months ago was the the digital modem from you guys. And um, it uh, worked out really well. The only thing what I did was I soldered the battery in. I didn't recognize the little connector as being the battery uh, socket, so I just soldered it in there. Other than that, I haven't been doing too much. As you know, how you go sometimes you got all these projects, and then you kind of hit a and so I haven't been very active. George, go ahead.
1: All righty, that's uh, that's fine, Bob. Keeping your fingers in it, nonetheless. Uh, by the way, when you transmit, try backing off the microphone, where, whatever your microphone is. Uh, back off of it a little bit, and I think you'll come through a little bit clearer. You're kind of distorting. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's fine about the uh, the uh, new PSKs. Uh, the, RTC, uh, the RTCC option, the real-time clock calendar, has a battery on the USB card as a user-added extra feature. And uh, that's what you were referring to—is soldering that battery in instead of using the battery holder, the quasi-holder that we that we provided in that kit. Personally, I solder mine in as well because I don't want any sharp uh, wrap or drop of the modem to pop the battery out and kind of lose the time and and so on. And when it comes time to replace the battery in about a year, I don't mind resoldering it, but. Uh, most other people have wanted a, a replaceable um, socket, so you, um, it, it's kind of like a home brewer. Uh, what is it? What do you call it? A home brewer's delight. You can do what you want to do. Um, all right, have we? I'm glancing down the list. I think uh, we we caught everybody. And um, what um, what I've been doing is keeping a list. If you if you have the text screen open and you can kind of see what's what's uh, listed there. Uh, we copied down all of the things that uh, people mentioned, including some boat anchors that I tossed in. I'll take. I'll make a quick mention of that. I mentioned the boat anchors a minute ago. I've got, an operation? Operation, I've got an operational um, boat anchor station. Several stations. One one is operational, um, and um, I've got a. I just got a, My hands on some uh, a novice station. Components I got the components for the heathkit novice station that I want to bring up and make operational and then turn that over to a, a youngster in the neighborhood as soon as I get it working and and that's that's kind of fun because the HR 10 which is the kind of a you know this is circa 1960s I guess uh, receiver from heathkit is a, at that time it was a, a low a low mid a low to mid level receiver uh, a lot of design compromises. And hence, uh, not the cheapest of the cheap, but certainly not not overly expensive as some of the other receivers in that era. And recently, some people on the HBR list, it's the Homebrew Receiver, HBR-16, the Ted Crosby uh, gem from the 60s, is another project that I have going, Homebrew tube radio receiver. Um, one of the fellows on there, Walt, Uh, Walt Hutchinson or Hutchinson has uh, described how to take this HR 10 receiver from Heathkit and to retool it to change it to add a stage to clean it up and to improve its performance at a to a quantum level of improvement and and that's caught my eye I've I've collected all the relevant literature starting to collect the parts and so on for it and uh, I'm looking forward to that so there's there, there's there's life in the boat anchor development area, or project area too, on the, on the bench for many of us. So uh, I thought I would toss that in. And uh, in case anybody has some boat anchors, if you think they are truly just gathering dust, you ought to give it a try at uh, uh, playing around with them on the bench, adding some capabilities like, uh, uh, I forgot who it was, but adding some uh, SCAF filter to it to improve its performance. User There's a lot of fun left in those, those old uh, those old gems. Okay, we've gone through the list uh, one full time. Collected a lot of uh, kits. Uh, does anybody have any comments that they want to jump in at this point? And did we forget about something? Did uh, is there some other kit that comes to mind, uh, or radio, radio accessory that uh, that you'd like to mention? And we can then start going back over some of these um, aforementioned kits and asking questions and just talking about them, but um, open User mic for this go ahead. Question. Question. Okay, I got the first question. Rick, um, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you've several times
16: uh, this evening mentioned a text box. I assume that you're typing in things that should be visible, uh, but not down in the URL area that we were talking about. How do you open that?
1: You need to make sure you need to click um, the QRP homebrewing tab. Um, if your Windows system is like mine, you'll see two tabs at the bottom, one that says OpenHPSDR Server, and the other one that says QRP Homebrewing. If you just click that tab, that'll put into focus um, the window that has a log of people. They join the group, and when they go away, and also whatever you type into the freeform text field at the very bottom will appear up above with your name. Do you see that one?
16: Uh, Yes, I I thought there was a a separate window for text comments, Uh, but when I try to uh, put something in the text box and I hit return, it says that
1: I don't have uh, uh, permission. Um, I don't know. We can probably explore that offline. Um, There are other people besides me. Um, I'm the systems administrator for this this channel, so uh, I would normally be a little bit worried if somebody else had that, but there are others who are contributing, so it's probably just a setting someplace in your uh, in your client We'll get it worked out
14: If you try clicking on the the window the little box that says q r p home brewing so that it's highlighted if you do that, you should be able to then type in without that error message
2: yeah that's
1: what i had had directed and um. Oh, gosh, who was it? Was it uh, you, Rick, that, that said this? I, I forgot who was just had the
2: problem. Looks like he
14: was successful. I see the message where he said, tech,
1: test. <laughs> You're right. Okay, good. Glad we got that one solved. Who else had a... There was somebody else who had a, a question. We're still in open mic mode here. Question. Doug, Douglas, go ahead.
7: I was looking at uh, some passive audio filters uh, for some of the QRP rigs that I have, and I was wondering if anybody has the W3NQN passive audio CW filter and what they thought of it.
1: Are you talking about the one with the 88 millihenry coils?
7: Yes, it's a a stack of uh, 88 or 85 millihenry coils and uh, capacitors.
1: I love it. I do have it. I do have it. And I think it's really dandy. Uh, what can I tell you about it?
7: How does it compare to, say, some of the uh, the DSP filters?
1: It sounds warm. I know it's hard to, to understand what I'm saying, but uh, uh, guys, for those of you who don't know what we're User speaking of, um, I don't know channel. where the original article appeared. It's an old design. And like... Uh, Some of the designs for RTTY back in the 70s. Uh, Joe and I speak about this from time to time. Um, Designs in that era used components called 88 millihenry. Well, they might have been different millihenry, but uh, 88 millihenry coils, huge, you know, about an inch and a half diameter coils and about a half an inch thick uh coils that uh, had tons of wire on them used in the telephone industry and they became prevalent on the surplus market and hams scooped them up like no there's no tomorrow well of course there became no tomorrow and no more toroids at least from from that perspective but um with with the really good um coils like this you could build high q filters very nicely and that's um again what the rtty decoders used for passive uh, type of audio filters and also this uh, K3NMN or whatever the, the call sign was um, W3 and um, they built a uh, he designed a, a CW filter with um, maybe five or six of these things these coils and it sounds really warm um Sounds uh, it's not very adjustable. It's set pretty much at its uh, at, at the one frequency, and um, but you flip it in and out, and it's just uh, really a dream. That's about all I can tell you about it, Doug. Now
7: I, I was yeah I was trying to find out if it if it sounded uh, different or better than some of the DSP filters. A couple of the the other CW operators have just been able to tell me it sounds different, but uh, yeah, it's a stack of uh, of large toroids. And uh, its I understand it's its quite heavy as a kit.
1: It is. I got mine from a good friend, um, um, Rich Arland, uh, K3 Sierra Zulu, I think is his call sign. He's down in Georgia right now, um, Dacula, Georgia. Um, but he was uh, selling them, oh, a whole number of years ago, uh, in a cardboard box nonetheless and um, put a jack on the K7SZ. Thank you, Joe. So um, um, they weren't stacked. Electrically, they might have been stacked, but it's just kind of combined in sort of an LPF type of uh, arrangement. And um, I say they sound warm, and and they do sound different than a DSP uh, filter. I'm very familiar with DSP filtering, of course. And uh, I guess maybe it's because... Maybe the high frequencies aren't coming through as much with the uh, um, with the, uh, uh, the high frequency audio. That uh, wouldn't be coming through as much of the with the toroids solution. I'm not sure. Milt, would you? You know, you're you're a good DSP aficionado here with us. Do you have any ideas on that?
14: Well, I I really suspect that with the DSP, you can make it sound. Uh, just like uh, something that's synthesized with L's and C's, or uh, the, the big difference is if you do a brick wall filter, it's going to sound very different. But uh, I'm quite happy with the DSP, and it's a lot less bulky than, than using the old 88 millihenry uh, chokes because you can have something that uh, makes a, a pretty good sounding filter, but it's, uh, it, it's bigger and weighs more than the entire rig. Go ahead.
1: Oh, yeah, no doubt, but it's kind of like one of those things that, uh, from yesteryear, boat anchors are way heavier and bulkier than some of the modern rigs, and especially the STR rigs, but it's it's one of those things that I wanted to experience. A little bit of nostalgia, too, because back in those days, I was building the RIDI filters and, and satellite filters. Um, actually, no filter for satellite, but nonetheless, that was the days, those were the days when I was working the satellites in the early days of the SATs, and uh, it just brought to mind uh, some of the, my my early, my early hamdom. But uh, Doug, do you have any? Um, are, you, are you? Do you have your hands on it, or do you? Would you like to borrow mine? I'd be glad to loan it for you, to, to you for a bit.
7: I I was just uh, I was looking at uh, passive audio filters as uh, part of a different project, and came across the uh, the W3NQN CW passive audio filter. And uh, maybe next time I'm up on the East Coast, I'll I'll have to borrow it for a little bit just to do a a comparison to see what it sounds like.
1: Alrighty, just just give me a holler um, a holler, and I'll uh, be glad to send it over to you, Rick. What do you mean uh, gives five as you typed?
16: Just a high five for another old time, really important person.
1: <laughs> okay, good, gotcha. Well, as I turn around here. Joe knows this. Um, I'm looking at my um, my model 19 uh, and uh, the uh, uh, the TU for it. So I've, I've got a. I don't turn it on as often anymore, but uh, I've got a sitting right here, and the room still smells a little bit oily that you probably recognize.
16: Yeah, mine was at uh, W3AEQ at uh, Lehigh University. You know already.
1: Okay, so um, any other comments on the open mic portion before we start drilling down into some of the kits and stuff? I know I have a couple of questions I'd like to to toss out uh, or to ask of the uh, kit owner, and whether it's price or or how does it work comparatively. Uh, so open mic for another minute or two. Go ahead.
10: In J two
2: E.
1: Yeah, Don, go ahead. Yeah, I have
10: a question. Um, I have what you would call a uh, school-grade signal generator. And when I uh, was tuning the nulling of the uh, the channels on the soft rock, it was it was a pain. You know, you turn the thing on hours beforehand, and then you breathe in the room, and it wanders off. I was looking on my wish list for Christmas, uh, either the XG2 or XG3 from Ellacraft, uh, They seem to be touting that as a S-meter calibrator. Would that be a usable signal source instead of one of those uh, wobbly FM modulated signal generators?
1: Yes, it would. It would be a really good one, a good addition to your bench if you were to to get that. Um, The the benefit of such a device, I'll toss this over to Joe in a moment to elaborate and and probably correct me. But... um, the value of such an instrument is twofold one is the frequency accuracy and stability i guess threefold um once you set it to a given frequency um it's going to stay there it's dds um i believe that one is dds uh based and the second benefit is it's got a calibrated or known level of uh, output signal so you can indeed use it to calibrate s meters and other types of um uh, amplifier stage gain measurements. For example, if you know how much is coming in or being put in, and you can measure how much is coming out, you've got the, either the voltage or the power gain uh, for that. Um, a cheap version, and uh, actually it's not too cheap comparatively, I think, but nonetheless, another version of a signal generator that might serve the purpose well is a simple DDS uh, signal generator, either the SI570, which is not DDS, I know, but, Uh, It's a clock generator kit that we mentioned here from the AQRP group, or uh, it's my DDS 60 design, a little clock generator chip that you use with any number of different controllers, including that of a PC. You can use a PC to control it, again, to set a given frequency, and with an appropriate attenuation pad uh, coming out of it, um, you can adjust it to a known level that is precise, stable, and uh, very useful for testing soft rocks. That's what Joe and I use at our club meetings for testing soft rocks and debugging um, all sorts of things on the ensemble, especially. But um, um, there's a couple of ideas for you. Okay, more um, more along, and, and that reminds me, I mean, this is, uh, um, Joe, I didn't toss it to you like I said I would. Why don't, you, why don't you finish up on the, uh, the signal, signal generator, tester type of thing, go ahead.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, basically summed up what the yellowcraft thing does. It's an XG2. Um, the other thing it allows you to do is to actually measure receiver sensitivity so that you can know if the thing is uh, not very sensitive or if you can hear a, a Nat rubbing his whiskers together. <laughs>
1: all right just in case you have a net that you want to be uh detecting if he's rubbing his whiskers together you can do that for sure but it's a uh, it's nice that's definitely one of the other craft items uh, that's a good stocking stuffer so get the word out to your loved ones and and neighbors and and uh get that uh get those suggestions out um and that kind of reminds me your question don was was good it kind of brought me back to again the major theme of this forum um, you've got a number of designers here um, and if you have a question that in you know how something is used, how you operate something um, how uh, you know the benefits of one thing or over another um the value or the relative uh, performance and value of a given kit, this is definitely the group that uh, probably can better answer your questions and uh, um, uh, they, can, they can probably help with your questions uh, if you wanted to give a shout. So again, if you've got uh, if anybody has a question that you have about your current kit or a current problem with your kit that you're building up or ham um, radio gear, be sure to, to mention it in here. Um, Open mic for a little bit longer, go ahead.
6: Uh, Dave, W A D J N.
1: Yes, sir, Dave, go ahead.
6: Uh, Yeah, I'm fooling around with this uh, uh, audio filter and I'm concerned about the LM386 uh, audio chip versus an LM380 audio chip, which I believe gives more output. Uh, Which would be a better choice to use? Uh, maybe you can uh, comment on that, oh.
1: Joe, why don't you take this?
0: Sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've used both over the years. The LM386 is simple to use. Um, works reasonably well, and it uh, has a low quiescent power drain. Uh, some of the knocks on it are that uh, it can be a little uh, awkward to tame sometimes as far as oscillating. And it does have kind of a high background noise level. Whereas the LM380, which is capable of more power output, draws a little more little more power even when it's not doing anything. Uh, it's fairly easy to stabilize so that it doesn't oscillate. And by oscillate, I mean it'll take off at, at HF. You won't know anything works, but it... it. I, I'm sorry, you won't know where it's oscillating, but when the thing starts acting squarely, it's oscillating. Um, simple network, snubber network on the output can get rid of that. And um, the 380 has, um, in addition to possibility for more output power to drive a speaker, um, it tends to be a lower, uh, lower noise thing, so you don't have background hiss. Um, if you can stand the additional um, 10 or 20 mils or whatever power drain, I'd go with the LM380.
6: Okay, thank you. Uh, I've got to get out of here, so uh, uh, thanks again, fellas, and we'll uh, look for you again next week. Uh, this is w a two d j question Thanks. for Joe Go
2: ahead
9: yeah, I mean the three eighty six and three eighty uh, what other chips are available for you know for the output uh, you know those are the most common, but are there others that you could use that might be better than those two well, there are there any number of chips that are
0: uh, available these days um, a lot from uh, Europeans, the TAA chips. The manufacturer escapes me at the moments at the moment. And uh, National Semiconductor has a number of them. Blue TI might have some as well. Um, I was only addressing Dave's immediate question as to those two. Um, I can't remember the numbers. The TAA seventy five twenty, I think. It's kind of a handy chip that'll go down to three volts and work but it doesn't have as much power output. If you do a search on National Semiconductor you come up with audio output, audio amplifier chips. and you see some good ones there that uh, some of those dang things could go up to uh, 10 watts or so. Do a good job. Most of the ones hams use are the ones for headphones which uh, tend to be lower power drain. And uh, the more modern ones tend to be very low noise because they're used in consumer electronics. And another handy feature is some of the modern ones also have a mute switch uh, where you can either apply voltage to one of the pins or ground one of the pins to mute it without a click. That's very very handy in a rig with uh, um, QSK so you don't get a click when you do the uh, changeover. At the at the moment I can't come any come up with any uh, numbers off the top of my head, but uh, like I say, if you do a search on. Uh, National Semiconductor Audio Amplifiers. I think come up with some good chips.
2: Okay, thanks, Joe.
1: Yeah, Joe, what is the, uh, probably the category of, you don't remember the number, but there's a stereo chip um, that, you know, provides two amplifiers that, uh, in a single monolithic package, um, it, it reminds me of a TAA number as well. Uh, do I have that right, or have you ever tried one of those stereo chips?
0: Yeah, I think I've mentioned it to you. Um, give me a minute to do. I'll search, uh, search my uh, folders and come up with a number, and I'll put it in the text box.
1: Okay, uh, from your from your memory, um, do you remember if the power output capability matches that of the LM380?
0: The particular chip I'm thinking of, it does not. I think the 380 is capable of putting out a watt pretty easily. Um, most of the simple headphone amps, and particularly the stereo amps, unless they're fancy chips with some uh, batwing uh, connections on them, can't put up put out the power because they can't get the heat off, off a dip package.
16: Okay, okay,
1: yeah. I, I was investigating using uh, uh using one of those t a device stereo chips for uh the um the s d r cube at some point but um we ultimately didn't uh, didn't do User it or kept it to be a headphone channel. only uh, type of device which leads me to this topic i've got i'm looking right here just at f y i one of the projects on my own bench um a pair of cubes matching cubes of course for the s d r cube that uh our speakers uh, so I have stereo speakers. I'm using the LM380 in each speaker, and I have them able to be, uh, of course, uh, driven by the same um, 3.5 millimeter stereo plug that plugs into the cube or any other type of uh, um, audio source that needs amplification. But anyways, uh, the 380 makes a nice medium low low to medium power for a set of speakers that uh, you might wanna add to your QRP rig, but that's a, that's a good uh, idea there. Okay, um, more um, uh, other, other items here during the open mic time before we drill into a couple of the kits that I have questions about. Okay, feel free to hop in at any time for that anyways. Um, KX3. Who is on the list for getting a KX3? Now, don't don't speak up all at once. Somebody's got to hear, somebody here has got to be on the waiting list for Mellicraft.
2: Well, they haven't,
17: yeah. started, they haven't started taking orders yet, but as soon as they do, I, I'll be on the list.
2: and me
1: too likely okay um gosh i'm surprised i thought they had a waiting list um jeez at uh, the last dayton there was a line a mile long going around the Yellowcraft booth i thought they were taking either reservations or getting just uh pre orders or something i i guess i was mistaken plus i was looking for the price for the xg3 uh, for the uh the kx3 um, on the website, on their website, and I didn't see anything. So I guess that's the case.
9: I was told at Pacificon that it, they were hoping to start taking orders here in December sometime, the latter
11: part, I think.
1: So what's the drill? I mean, they're going to announce it someday on the Craft list that, uh, you know, orders will open uh, ordering orders will be accepted, that, say, on Monday morning at 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific time or something, and then it's uh, hell-bent to get uh, your order in? Pretty
3: much. That's what they do with the K3.
14: Website says they're ordering late December 2011 and shipping late January February.
1: Hello, That's good to know. Um, The reason I have interest in it is just I want to see how the heck they get all of those features and functions and capabilities of the K3 into the small form factor KX3. And question number two, how are they going to how does one legitimately control all of the, uh, the the functions in such a small form factor? But uh, I guess that's part of the joy of uh, technology.
15: Yeah, Joe uh, or, uh, George, uh, that list that was at uh, Dayton was just a list to be advised when they were going to be taking orders. So. Uh... If somebody signed up for that list, they'll uh, get an email that uh, the
1: uh, the gates are open. Gotcha. Okay. You know, some of the discussion of kits here and some of the controllers mentioned in it uh, got me just kind of thinking. And uh, I'll freeform the list of controllers that we've discussed here tonight. Of course, we've got the venerable PIC. And the PIC comes in a variety of forms. These are all controllers that... Uh, are at the heart of one project or another. Um, There's the H C. Oh gosh, Mill. What is the um, What's the basis? Of, is it an H C O eight um an H S O eight that John and Case use? And you? Uh,
14: we're using several of the Freescale chips. Uh, the uh... Uh, HC908 and the SO8 on a couple of projects, but uh, and then the SH32 Freescale
1: chip. Okay, the SH32. That's that's one I had forgotten about. Then we had mentioned the Propeller chip from Parallax.com. Propeller. Dot, uh, propeller chip. I forgot who it was that mentioned it, but um, you used a word. I think it was Cogs. It's a it's a word that they use for different processors, essentially, or like essentially different CPUs. There are eight cogs or CPUs on any given propeller chip. So it's uh, you can program in parallel. Um, you can operate in parallel. You can have different eight different processes or actual programs running at the same time, which kind of give it a, a real great capability for real-time control. So if you haven't given that a try, that's a, that's a dandy thing. Um, we've talked about um, the pickaxe. I smiled when we said about that because that that's kind of a a controller that's close to Joe's heart. He's written several um, articles about it, and uh, I think there are more to come. Uh, but it's a small little basic program, uh, basic um, uh, embedded controller. Uh, it runs uh, it runs Basic language, easy to load programs into, and it's it's really uh, a handy uh it's a handy controller i think i think we'll get a a good listing of these things on our website when we uh when we get that together and of course there is um the DISPIC, d s p i c that we use in the new p s k modem we use it in the sdr cube and that's got some great uh horsepower relatively for um you know, for such an old device, and it still has uh, a lot of legs. Um, What other devices have we mentioned here this evening that I didn't uh, list off? Anybody?
2: Arduino. HC908.
1: Yeah, we mentioned the HC908 when Mild was talking. The Arduino, how could I forget that, of course? So that's that's uh that's another up and coming one. Um and I'm I'm excited about some of the projects that are coming about with that one. Any others? All righty. You know, and then there's uh there's some processors that are around these days. If you um if you search the back of magazines, you'll see small cards that have X eighty six type of processors or Atom processors. Uh, we're talking about truly embedded development here, but nonetheless, if you can get some canned Linux programs onto some small cards, um, the uh, you, you would have an opportunity User to really uh, your have some powerful processing on a small card. Just as an aside, uh, Joe and I attended a BeagleBoard seminar last week. It was a really in-depth, hands-on Linux programming of an embedded system. Called a Beagle Board, and has a processor in there that screamed almost to gigahertz um, in 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 its uh, clock rate. So we're just trying to find a good project uh, to to use with that thing. It's oh, it's an amazing uh, amazing boards. If you want to get a good feel for that too, just kind of explore, uh, check out Beagle Board, ham. You know, using Google, and you'll see the projects that are available for ham radio. Running on a Beagle Board, and it tends to be embedded Linux, but nonetheless, there's a lot of stuff. You'd you'd uh, be quite impressed, I think. Um, okay, let's see. Somebody mentioned, I guess it was Dave. Uh, AA3UR mentioned the ATS3. I, I like that. Dave, do you have an ATS3 kit? Or are you going to be looking for one, or what?
5: Yeah, I got an old ATS3 uh i've been going to build it about four or five times and uh each time so far uh other things have uh have had their way with me (laughs) Uh, i've got a really nice box for it that i got uh about two or three months after i picked it up and uh i think it'll all work really well when i get around to it but um it's gonna be a little while yet
1: Oh yes. Getting those round tuits, though those are kind of tough sometimes. Um but the ATS three, I'm glad that you have one because they're hard to come by. And uh Joe and I built our ATS three Bs um into a small box that was really, really nice. And this might be the same one you referred to, I don't know. This is a hogged out aluminum one. I think it was from I got uh I got a couple of the boxes from Doug Hoff from um Gosh, what's the name of Doug's company, Joe? Do you recall? I think
0: it's American QRP Company.
1: A, American QRP Manufacturing Company. That's it. <clears throat> He's located out in, um, oh, gosh. California. Uh, San Luis Obispo Bo, or Bobispo or something out there. And uh, it's it's a nice area of California down around uh, south of San Jose, I think. But um, Doug does a really nice job. He hogged out. A, it's about the footprint of a um, of a tuna tin, of a uh, an Altoids tin. But the back, instead of the lid lifting up, it's a separate piece of aluminum that slides off. Uh, you pin it at one corner with a screw, and it slides off. And then you can put the board. It fits right down in there nicely. So that would be a good uh, solution, Dave. If that's the one, that that's that's a winner. If you'd like, at some point, contact me and I can send you some photos of what uh, Joe and I did for Mountain Hours, and it turned out really, really well. That's, I think, Joe, you take your ATS to the field when you go play with, yourself, uh, play with your radios out in the field?
0: Absolutely. Nice little rig for that. Uh, the only handicap is uh, it's push button up-down tuning. But on the other hand, if you're uh, just out doing something for a short, dedicated period on one frequency, uh, it doesn't wander off
1: on you. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Um, I like taking mine, and I use mine at work uh, from time to time during the lunch hour, and it's kind of a, if it's a, it's a handy thing to uh, to have around. Um, Milt, I think you're here. You're the only one here who has a K3. Is that right? Uh, does anybody else have a K3 except Milt? I have a K3.
17: Yeah, I've got a K
1: three. Who was the second one to set the K three? Uh, Ray? Was that you? No, I'm Sky K. Ah, okay. Good enough. I was blinking. I didn't see the blue light come on at that particular point. Okay, good. Um uh, Milt, do you have or does do any of you K three owners have the P three pan adapter?
3: Yeah, George, I do.
2: I do oh. not have that yet. I'm going to build my own
17: pan adapter. <laughs> no, I don't have one. I usually take mine out uh, on uh, short de-expeditions.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, the pan adapter wouldn't prevent you from doing that. Just extra gear to take along. I'm, I'm sure that's your logic. You know, I have a – oh, gosh, it's buried under the bench here. Some of you might remember I have an unbuilt kit of pan adapter, from um oh shoot. He did a um, Clifton Labs. Clifton Labs had a pan adapter project and he's no longer selling it. Uh, it's one of those things that I was really gonna get to it at some point. You know, I need a lot of round to it, but I hear it was a get to it. And um but I never did, but I still always wanted to. And it you know, I guess one could build it up and it would about look like a the 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 same type of thing as the as the P three pan adapter but uh um do you guys uh chris do you um do you find uh, the pan adapter really uh useful beneficial
3: i am spoiled with it tell you the truth um i started getting into the sdr genesis stuff and and with their band spread you know spectrum views and and uh, I looked at the K3 and I said, "Gee, I have to do something for that." <laughs> and I know the P3 was was out, so that was my uh, Christmas present for User last year. It was great. Your and uh, I really enjoy it. It really kind of gets gets you. You really know what's going on in the band when you have it on.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree too. And so, I love controls. I love knobs, and I love to uh, to be twiddling there and or have the ability to control. Uh, what's happening on the radio um, which again comes back to uh, why uh, w- why the SDR cube is sort of the way it is if if you've seen that one um, there's a lot of controls on the front panel and it's much better you know it's kind of like the opposite of the one button with ten menus ten menus deep worth of uh, items that you would select that you can do with software radios I would much rather have some of the controls right on the front panel and uh, seeing the pan adapter with the light, with the spectrum going by is always, uh, it's a thrill for me. So that's, I don't have a K3 yet, but uh, when I do, I I, I definitely will have a, a, a P3 for it. You know, somebody mentioned an SW40 um, somewhere along here. It's a really, that's a good performer. If anybody is looking for a single band receiver, um, it is a receiver only, is it not?
0: Negative, it's it's a a transceiver.
1: Transceiver, okay. Oh, wait a minute, I just dialed down here. Bill, KD5TFT, you mentioned no pan adapter. Oh, I see, you want a pan adapter then, that's the idea, right? Ah, he's offline again, I guess that's the case. I didn't understand his comment. Yeah, so, okay, so the SW40 is a transceiver then, and um, um, it's a really good performer. Um, likewise, I've got one of those in kit form, but I've never built it up, but a ton of people have built it up, and it actually forms the basis of a really good uh, uh, course. What Does anybody recall the name, the, num- the name of that course? Elmer 303 or something?
0: There's actually one taught in a college out in Silicon Valley that used that as the basis. Uh, but I believe that um, a buddy um, uh, K-7QO 5 did a uh, an Elmer 101 course uh, using that, in addition.
1: OK, if you have a chance to look that up, um, you'd probably do yourself well by seeing, uh, it's an easy kit to build, all through whole parts, um, good performer, uh, again, easy to align and get working. Um, so I forgot who it was that was looking for a uh, a kit. In my opinion, if it's, a, and again, as long as a, a mono bander is fine, um, the typical mono bander price is like $100 plus minus, uh that you can't go wrong with. It's it's old, it's an oldie but goodie. Sort of like the NORCAL forty. Nobody's mentioned the NORCAL forty these days uh very much, but that's an old, venerable design, very smooth. It's still available too, I think, from Wilderness Radio. So um, you know, that would be a, a good recommendation for a uh for a kit. And I guess if you wanted a multibander, uh the PF four is kind of popular. We know a couple of guys, Nick from the uh the New Jersey club uses a QRP kits PF4. Um you can get that at in at uh, qrpkits.com. That's right. The sw 40 is from Small Wonder Labs. Um so uh all righty, Well we've mentioned a bunch of topics here. Um I wanted to I wanted to come back to the picka star just for a moment again because I think uh the um, uh, if you have another chance maybe just another tip i think you would enjoy most people here uh would would enjoy the kind of articles that g3 um uh, xjp um describes He's uh, the inventor at i mean to the point of
2: User making his
1: own channel. circuit boards for the uh, uh for his projects uh you you do want to look into that because it's a good basic building block Um, electronics, uh, discrete module, but also with a DSP controller. Um, Picastar is a good radio, so if you want to take a look at that, that'd be a a wonderful homebrew type of radio, I think, if you wanted to pick that up. It's certainly an all-day sucker. You're going to work on that one, like, uh, a lot. But there's a
2: lot of bang for that buck.
1: Um just continue to go down the list here milt i think mentioned the s t m discovery board can you what's that one built uh yeah
14: the s t m uh, discovery board is a pretty inexpensive uh, proto board uh, they call it the s t m thirty two f four high performance discovery board and it has a USB interface on it. It has a codec on it. It has a motion sensor, three axis accelerometer, and it has a digital microphone, which I haven't, I haven't attempted to play with much of this stuff. And it has a DAC with integrated Class D speaker. Uh, speaker driver, and it has a bunch of LEDs and a bunch of um, places where you can access uh, I.O. on it. So it's the Cortex uh, uh, M4F 32-bit ARM processor with a megabyte of flash and 192 kilobytes of RAM. And so it looks like a uh, Pretty neat little thing to play with. I got it just a short time ago and haven't had a chance to really do anything other than to plug it in and watch the LEDs blink. What kind of price? I believe it was, oh, uh, I don't know. They may be free again. Uh, When I ordered mine, I just ordered a um, a freebie. I think the regular price is 20, 25 bucks though.
2: Wow.
1: And where did you get it, Bill, did you say?
14: Uh, it was on the STM, uh, STMicro uh, website, and uh, they were offering these free boards a few weeks ago. And so I've had it maybe a couple weeks, but haven't had a chance to really do much with it. But I think even without their free offer, they were only $20,
1: $25. Okay, now say again really slowly, and I apologize because my mind is starting to go. It's been a really long day at work. STM what? Okay. Sugar
14: Tango Mike 32 Foxtrot 4 Discovery. It's a STM32F4 Discovery board. So if you google on that, uh you may find them uh, still being available for
1: free. All right, thank you for that. I apologize. Um, we'll we'll have that in the in the uh discussion notes here today too. Um, Kind of a lot. Well, you had also mentioned the uh, the TI, um, well, where was it? Um, I can't even see the screen anymore. I'm so blurry. What was the TI board that you had? It's called
14: the TI Easy DSP stick. It's a, uh, a very small stick, about an inch by three inches, with a USB connector on it. And it has uh, an interface where you can... Um, download new firmware into it and program it in and then also uh, send the data back to the PC. Uh, nice for playing around particularly for DSP stuff. It has the C5535 is the latest version which is a very capable DSP processor and of course it's also very very low, free, uh, low power. Uh, it's um, just milliwatts uh, milliwatts of power
1: for a 180 MIPS processor. Yeah, we had uh, we had considered that in the early days of our SDR experimenting, um, along with another TI processor board. I forgot the number of that TI370. Do you recall that one?
14: I believe there was another one like that, but uh, the the other one you're referring to is, I think, a floating point processor. The, um, the Easy DSP is a fixed point, but still works quite well for a lot of the ham um, applications. And it, I, I've been really amazed at the some of the DSP filters I've been able to implement.
1: Can you overview for the group real quickly the difference? between usage of a fixed point versus a, a floating point? What does one offer the over the other as far as our applications are concerned?
14: Well, of course, the uh, the fixed fixed point is either going to be 16 or 24-bit, something like that. Most of them are, are 16-bit processors. Some are 24-bit, some uh, maybe even more than that. But the, the main thing is since the codecs generally output Uh, audio data in an integer form it works very well with the fixed-point processors whereas the floating-point processor handles uh, 32-bit floating-point data and uh, gives you probably greater dynamic range you have to play some little tricks to get get everything done with the fixed-point but uh, it's amazing what you can do with it
2: thank
1: you yeah, that is, uh, it is quite amazing. The um, the manufacturers of these boards often provide us with the um, libraries and tools with which we can program them for our given applications. They often provide applications that are sample or uh, demonstration worthy that we can easily use as starting points for our own ham radio type of adventures. And that's what uh, designers, you know, such as yourself and and Dave and myself and Yuha and many of us, you know, grab these little demonstrator evaluation boards from vendors and they come up with new processors and we build our entire, you know, um, ham radio libraries around them actually. Oh, that's also a detriment too, because once you put so much time into something, you know this perhaps better than I do, It's kind of hard to say, okay, here's a new hot processor. Let me go and do the same thing for that one. It's not like falling off a log usually. Um, And if you were to try porting all of your code from, you know, the SDR cube or the SDR to go over to a new processor, do I have that right?
14: Uh, yes, uh, it's always fun. Of course, one of the reasons why we shied away from the TI one is the uh, TI has a, a ball grid array package, which is a little more difficult for us tinkerers to work with. But the uh, uh, on the other hand, the, the TI Easy DSP stick can easily be incorporated into a, a ham project as it is uh, and just buy it with the chip already mounted.
1: Yeah, that's a really nice form factor. Stick a uh, a a stick into the, your USB port and have access to its computing power and, and providing its capabilities, uh, its its computing capabilities via the USB channel. Which reminds me, does anybody have the Fun Cube? I got one. Ah, uh, I should have guessed. Is it working okay, Doug? Do you like it?
7: Yeah, the Funcube dongle. It's uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a small uh, SDR receiver about the size of uh, a USB thumb drive, and it covers from uh, well, it's spec from sixty-six megahertz up to about one point seven gigahertz as an SDR receiver.
1: So with it, you're able to um, listen to FM radio, conventional commercial fm radio police band anything in the that's above sixty six megahertz um, and of course satellite uh, uh, frequencies as well right
7: yeah anything in that range uh, there's a small gap uh, up around one thousand megahertz where the uh, the Pll doesn't lock and uh, standard fm radio like eighty eight to to 108 megahertz is a little bit wide, but it's a 96 kilohertz bandwidth INQ output, or as they like to say, it's it's SMA in, USB out, INQ.
1: Yeah, it was quite popular, quite interesting. Uh, and I think uh, the designer, the developer of it is still uh, enhancing it and, and and making improvements and so on. So that's another thing to, to kind of keep your eye on. That certainly would fit inside your uh, um, your Christmas stocking. All right, um, I'm, I'm hitting the wall, uh, really tired, and I think we've covered a lot of territory here. Is there anything that anybody wanted to kind of? I'm gonna, Joe. I'm going to toss it over to you to kind of tie the ribbons here. But uh, before we do that, is there anything that anybody wants to uh, uh, to bring up that we haven't really gotten into a little bit tonight?
2: And J Two E? Yes,
1: sir. Go ahead Adam.
10: Yeah, I got a quick Q question if you don't mind. By all means. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's many of us that can do a hundred words per minute. Uh I know a few in the army that could get close to it, but not not any. Um, is there any way of um uh, throttling down that range so that it's uh what what I would call more humane range, say maybe fifty words
1: is the high end? absolutely um that that is possible and i think the why we why one would do that or why one would want to do that is to perhaps make the adjustment a little bit easier because the granularity goes uh goes down a little bit what we're speaking about is on the sdr cube there is a speed control pot um a key speed control pot that currently goes from 0 which is manual uh, to all the way up to, uh, as Don said, 100 words per minute. Now um, we're, we'll be soon adding Dave's uh, CW mode um, capabilities to the Cube as well as we did to the new PSK modem. So um, even though you don't, you're not able to copy maybe at 50 words a minute. I think, uh, and Dave, um, AJ87JT can. Hop in here in a second just to clarify this, but I think the top range of the CW copying, you know, the CW reader portion of the the modem uh, can go even higher than 50 words a minute, Uh, can't it, Dave?
4: There's nothing there to restrict it. It'll go as far as it can go.
1: Well, could it go up to 100?
4: Yeah, probably, as long as the... uh...
1: You know, the input to it is clear and crisp. So if anything, there is probably a good reason for keeping the higher speeds. haven't given it a lot of thought, Don, but I do know what you mean, because it it kind of occurs to me that way, too. Like, wow, that's really fast. But when we have an automatic method of CW copying, um, one can envision um, CW or more what they call Morse keyboard uh, transmissions back and forth, or in other words, cube to cube, or new PSK modem to new PSK modem connections that could use this capability quite effectively if they had it. But uh, thanks for that, that pointing that out, uh, yeah. that uh, we'll, we'll take a look at that.
10: Uh, thank you. I, uh, one of the problems I have is I'm always bumping into it when I'm using the tuning dial and- You know, when it's that sensitive, it uh, jumps this keying speed around. Thanks a lot. I'm going to sign out. Enjoyed it. Have
2: a good night. Enjoy it.
1: Thanks for joining us, Don. Appreciate that. Keep missing the button here on the uh, iPad. Um, Alrighty, with no other uh, commentary, why don't we toss it over to Joe for... uh, conclusion uh, concluding words and thanking everybody and i certainly enjoyed learning of all the kits that are either on your list or your uh on your bench and uh what we'll do is we'll provide some links and further information on the web page when we get it posted so stay tuned for that but uh from me good night to all and uh thank you very much for participating tonight in the uh in our uh, chat with the designers. Joe, do you want to tie the ribbons on this and maybe wrap it up uh, in a smoother way?
0: I don't know how smooth it'll be, George. Uh, I began the morning down in um, Williamsburg, Virginia, you and that was just a long ride back, so, uh, so I'm a little foggy in the head as well. But it was, good indeed, it was a good session. I'm uh, glad to see the uh, and the wide spectrum of people we got here, folks across the country and uh, in Canada as well. Uh, so, good discussions, uh, great ideas for, for kits and uh, for uh, uh, are passing along the people's uh, uh, experiences on kits. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this is a good resource. And I hope you all uh, will pass the word on to others who might want to join and uh, contribute or uh, uh, learn from the group. Uh, We will be here every uh, Tuesday, except for, I think it's the third Tuesday of the month, is the NJQRP uh, online club meeting. It'll be up on the NJQRP uh, uh, server, but, of course, you're welcome to join in there as well. Uh, 73 for now, and uh, see you again in the future. n 2 CXL.
2: Okay, good night, all. User disconnected from your channel. User disconnected from your channel. User disconnected from your channel.